In this episode, we talk the new LC Bespoke build, the evolution of F-Sport, and we interview the man behind the product marketing for the IS500 and the new LX, this week on the Lexus Enthusiast Podcast. everyone. My name is Kevin Watts. I'm the founder of the Lexus Enthusiast website. Joining me is executive editor and new homeowner, Michael Pannone. How are you doing? <laughs> hey, Kevin. I'm, <laughs> I'm in that uh, phase where you're like buying one house and selling the other. So I'm making it. But how about you? <laughs> Good. But I do have a question about your new house. Sure. How big is your new garage? My new garage is like two and a half. So oh the plan, yeah, the plan for the IS 500 is coming together. <laughs> <laughs> the follow up question would be, did you buy this house simply because of its two and a half car garage? Honestly, having a garage <laughs> was one of the like it was one of the absolute must have criteria. My house now I have a carport. I don't have a garage. I have to have a garage. It's one of the things that's most important to me. So it was definitely a big part of the process. It'll really help you with the detailing. Like really, you'd be really able to I get think so too. I, uh, I just prepared our two cars for the winter and uh, yeah. did a polish and uh, I put on a sealant. And man, I love a freshly waxed car. It's yeah, you, else. we were going back and forth chatting about products. I used actually, after I was done the sealant, I coated them with, I had an old can of uh, Meguiar's uh, number 16 wax, which they've discontinued. And I've always loved it. And uh, I have a, still have a tin left slowly, but surely getting through it. But people aren't listening for us to talk about our... <laughs> Detailing, detailing regimes home yeah. yeah you know we had that big explosion of new product there with the lx mm -hmm. the nx so now we're kind of being able to kind of get into the other little Minutia. things that they've been doing yeah exactly and it, there's no more broad strokes if we can start to get into some stuff and lexus has done some interesting things over the last couple of weeks and starting with this new lexus lc bespoke build now i'm just going to break this down for everybody so what lexus is doing is offering a way to customize the lc the carbon fiber roof they've introduced a new color called manhattan hinge you're able to get the carbon fiber spoiler and the black alloy wheels from the inspiration series now they're launching a configurator where people can put together what their dream lc is and then lexus actually will update you as it's being built details are a little unclear it was only in the press release of the 2022 lc and just touched on it briefly and when i first saw the the title i thought well here we go this is this is going to be the next level of customization not quite that but it is definitely something that's exactly how I felt when I when I saw it. I was like, oh, man, finally, like a lot of Lexus people have been asking for this for a long time. Like, here it is. But then <laughs> but then when I read through it, it it wasn't as immediately apparent that this is the type of customization program that a lot of people have been asking for. It brought me to mind, like they've had something called L Select in Japan for a long time on the LS. And uh, that allowed you to really customize, go with some pretty extravagant color schemes for the LS. I remember there was a yacht one, which was white and blue. It was really wild. But the reason they're able to do that is because of the proximity to the plants, to the manufacturing facilities. So these seem to me to be maybe just dealer installed options. There is the element of like this carbon fiber spoiler and the carbon fiber roof. I'm not exactly sure how they're going to do that. If, if they're going to be ordering those directly from the factory and they're going to be shipping them over, it's going to take three months. Or if this is just going to be like a pool of vehicles that 
the U.S. has that they're just going to be able to pull from? I think it's probably going to be a mix of both. Toyota has been doing more of this type of stuff, especially with some of the TRD products. And I know obviously it's different from Lexus, but to your point, the paint and some of the other structural elements have to be made at the factory. But the accessorization with spoilers and wheels and lips and things like that is increasingly being done at port on the way to dealers. So yeah, really could probably be both. Thinking, yeah. yeah. It's hard to be disappointed because at the same time, you have to start these things with a pilot project and we'll see how what the kind of reception for this is. Mm-hmm. If we see more customization options coming, it means that it was a success or we might not they might not see as much uptake as you and I would hope. I've really been preaching customization since the LFA because the process of designing your LFA was elaborate and allowed for a lot of personality to shine through. And since that point, and then also, as I said, with the L Select program, I was really excited about the idea of being able to customize your Lexus. I know that it's yeah. an expensive option, but when you're buying something like a flagship, you're buying an LS, an LX, or an LC. I don't necessarily know that the time that it would take for it to arrive or the price would really be that much of a detriment in terms of uptake. But then at the same time, I wonder about just what that uptake would be. I agree. I was thinking about it yesterday in advance of the podcast because I was thinking about the bespoke build concept in general. Just a lot of what you were saying, what products would get it, why, and I thought the same thing like flagships, LS, LX, LC. I think you'll probably still have plenty of people who want like a black on black LX and plenty of people who want like a white on tan LS, but for the person who really cares I think it's cool to offer this program and I think that it would do well. And I think in general, our society is moving more towards like a me centric, you know, everybody wants to have their unique stamp on certain things, especially luxury goods. And I think it's really smart for them to do this. And I hope that it becomes kind of more like a fully customized program like we probably both thought it was. Yeah. Mostly because my dream LC would be infrared with the circuit red interior and it's not an option yeah. right now. So I was thinking like, oh man, maybe in bespoke wow. build it can it can happen. <laughs> <laughs> you you're you're definitely looking to fill up that spot in your garage, eh? <laughs> <laughs> right. You know me, always yeah, something I... with a V8. <laughs> I definitely wonder about how that would work. I understand, like I said, I mean, I understand why this is what it is. And by no means am I saying that this is disappointing what Lexus is doing. I think that's important to say. I think you and I both really want them to come out of the gate with this big, elaborate program. And this is maybe just a little just a little teaser of what's to come, because I wonder how this is going to play into the ultra luxury slash VIP grade of the LX. I wonder if there's some customization options that are going to be available for that that might work within this sort of framework. Yep, I agree. I'm excited to see what they do with it. And then I think, you know, if you're really blue sky thinking, I would really love for Lexus to adopt something like European delivery, you know, that the German brands will offer. Yeah. Yeah. I agree. Where you're, you're able to kind of go pick up the car, drive it around for a few days, and then it gets on the boat and gets shipped over to you. But I mean, baby steps, right? Mm-hmm. True. It's really something that both of the things we're going to talk about today are kind of in the same framework. And the second thing we're going to address today before we get to our interview with Rich is the announcement about the new evolution of F-Sport. 
Now, <laughs> this was announced at SEMA, uh, which is like the aftermarket car show in Vegas that happens every year. So what Lexus did, they had a couple customized ISs done by uh, race car drivers, Scott Pruitt, Townsend Bell. And then they used this kind of as a jumping off point to talk about how they're going to handle F-Sport in the future. They're going to do three grades of F-Sport. There's going to be F-Sport design, F-Sport handling, and F-Sport performance. And I got to say, my first impression was like, it seems a little complicated. That's how I felt as well. Uh, of course, you can imagine seeing anything about new F-Sport. I was like, oh, great. And when yeah. you, you kind of read into it and got into the details, I understand from a packaging and a marketing yeah, perspective, it does really simplify things. So I'm a fan of that. And Kevin, I was actually thinking specifically about our discussion last time about the LX, because I think, remember how I was saying I would want the F-Sport grill, but I'd want a standard LX? Yes. <laughs> Right. Exactly. So this 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 sort of does that where and I think there's a lot of people actually I think this is probably Lexus sweet spot is these cars that look aggressive but still drive like a Lexus and an F sport yeah. appearance package allows them to really do that. And then, you know, on certain packages or certain vehicles where you're going to have somebody who does want that extra bit of handling or, you know, adaptive variable suspension. Sure. Like, there you go. So I, I get it. Like, I get how it's tiered through the lineup. I think my personal opinion is just let's start delivering some products that really hit on the value of these packages instead of like re-releasing package changes for the same cars. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So like there's like the S-Sport design, which is essentially just an appearance package. We've mm-hmm. got F-Sport handling, which then adds adaptive variable suspension mostly. And I, I imagine there's some suspension tuning that it was used to be covered by the handling package. Just that's what it was called. And then we have F-Sport performance, which now the only vehicle in that realm is the IS500 F-Sport performance. And yeah, I do share your feelings about it because my first brand new Lexus was a CT F Sport. Mm-hmm. And after three years, I was like, no, I'm not doing F Sport again. This is a little harsh. Like it felt harsh. It wasn't exactly what I wanted. So when I got the IS, I just got a luxury package, but I wished that I had been able to get the F Sport appearance, mm-hmm. but with the standard suspension tuning. Uh, so I definitely see the appeal to this. I just wonder if it needed to be so implicit. Like to me, all of these AMG Sport and uh, M Sport and all of these different sub sub performance brands from uh, luxury manufacturers to me aren't, aren't they just appearance packages mostly anyway i think the lexus approach here does sort of mimic more of what the germans are doing which again i think from like a, a packaging and a marketing perspective makes sense like most of the for example with audi i think they offer an s-line appearance package and yeah. I will tell you that most of the A6s that I see in my area are like the basic 2.0 T, but with the S line appearance package, which makes them look really nice. So Mm -hmm. I think it's a smart thing to do. I just think it's not going to be a surprise that my perspective on this is sort of enthusiast focused, but the whole reason for F sport was that it laddered up to F and we're still waiting for F products to kind of give the F sport brand some extra juice. Yeah, absolutely. And I mean, even when I was talking about it, you know, writing about it. I didn't really discuss F at all. You know, it was mostly just here's three tiers of F sport, but we do have to say that the idea here is that F, which RCF is really the only remaining product in that sphere right now. Mm -hmm. You kind of gloss over it because there's not really any product in there. I just wonder if this is kind of a way to justify not releasing the IS 500 as the ISF. Why add all these extra words? (laughs) 
I mean, I, maybe it's because I write about it and I have to put, you know, F sport performance and everything, but it just seems like there could have been a way to kind of get around this. I just wonder if the reason why we're seeing these multi tiers is to kind of place uh, the IS 500, give it a place in the lineup. I think that it seems a bit like V8s are going away. Electrification is the future. So we know all that. And I think F sport performance is a good middle ground that gives people something extra, but doesn't require them to go to a full F car. Mm-hmm. And I guess we really don't know that Lexus, you know, it's it's hard to judge Lexus commitment to F at all right now. So I think in the future, it could be that F sport performance is as good as we get. But yeah. if it comes with direct four and bigger batteries and, you know, force induction engines we may not care but right. I, uh, when i look at this announcement specifically for things like f sport appearance and f sport handling package i actually think that it applies a bit more to some of the front wheel drive bias products like the es and the rx and the nx because mm-hmm. i think most of your is and your rc buyers are probably those people want a sportier product and they want f sport as it comes but i think you have the people who buy like es's and nx's and rx's which is like lexus sweet spot where yeah. they like the aggressive look and they want that because it looks good it does it looks better but i think that they still want the hallmark the lexus product experience of like smoothness and quietness and they probably want smoother ride quality and things like that so i think that for those people this opens up another layer of them being able to get exactly what they want and i personally think it'll probably be less applicable to some of the actual performance oriented products like the is and the rc it's interesting that each of them will will get a different badge I thought that was pretty curious, but really how else would you be able to not even for consumers to differentiate between the products, but just like a salesman (laughs) a lot. To me, I guess what this does is it personally puts more expectation into F-Sport. If they're going to divide it in such a minute way, I would really hope that we're going to start to see things that flesh out these tiers because... I have to hope so too. So what we'll probably see is all this will be explained away with the release of the new NX. I would imagine that the NX is going to be the uh, forebearer of you know what's to come. They even mentioned the NX and the LX in the press release, specifically with the export handling we will get a better sense of what this is going to mean as we move forward because at this point it just seems like the product doesn't justify such a separation mm-hmm. and like you said right from the start what is the core f sport experience if this is going to be the way that it's separated <laughs> right and i mean it is what it is and you know as we said off the top you know we're definitely getting into the minutiae of of Lexus right now. Uh, I think this is like discussing like the people on the bench in a basketball game. <laughs> yeah. <that's a> good <laughs> like way to put it. Are, I don't know how many people are really concerned with those players and, or about this, but it was definitely uh, a real shot in the arm for F sport, because if this F sport performance is going to be a real thing is, are we going to see an F sport performance NX? Are we going to see an F sport performance ES? Like that's when we kind of get into the exciting part. And like, wouldn't that be amazing if we were to start getting these higher powered versions of the standard cars. Agreed. But I wonder why Lexus didn't just with the IS 500, just insert it into the IS lineup as a new engine option and offer it with all the normal packaging. I would imagine that it would probably be because of demand and maybe not wanting to create that kind of inventory. But it makes me wonder why this wasn't just an engine option that you could offer with all the same things as the standard IS. I think if we've learned anything from current F owners, it's that they want to feel like their car is special. 
Yes. Right. So I do that's think that's that, point. yeah, I do. Th- I mean, and I get it, right? Like if you do buy and a V8 IS with, you know, the unique front end and wheels and suspension, it does probably make sense to at least merchandise the car in a way that feels as special as the engine. That's how I feel mm-hmm. about it. Yeah. Well, I mean, that is a good point, but you know who we can ask about this. We have the perfect <laughs> person to answer this question. Yeah, exactly. So at this point, we're going to bring in the product marketing manager for the new LX and the IS 500 F Sport performance, Rich Hollingsworth. Hi, Rich. How you doing? I'm very well. And you guys, how are you guys doing? Good. Can't complain. That's for sure. So Rich, we have you on here to talk about the IS 500, the LX 600. But first, we're just going to talk about your position here at, at Lexus. And can you just give us kind of a brief overview of what you do there? Yeah, I'd be happy to. So my name is Richard Hollingsworth with Lexus Product Marketing as my current position. I've been in this position about five years. And with the product marketing, you get the great opportunity to work with a lot of groups. You're almost like the liaison because even though we're doing, we're in marketing, we work with Lexus College. We work with our advertising groups, our PR team, our demand and supply ordering groups, our sales team. And the idea is to make sure that we're all on the same page when we're going to launch a vehicle or bring awareness back to maybe a minor change vehicle to bring it to the public and say, okay, what type of assets do we need to do? What's new for the respective model year here? So it's a great job. Like I said, I love doing it. My current vehicles that I have, I've had GX in the past. I've had NX, UX, but my current assignment has the IS series, including the IS 500, as well as the brand new LX 600. Those are the big ones I have right now. And like I said, it's just been a great time in Lexus product marketing currently. So enthusiastic I am as well as you guys are. (laughs) It's a good time to actually, I want to jump in and mention how I met rich because it's a funny story it's when we were at hq confidential and the bus pulled up one morning to bring us from the hotel to headquarters and as i got off the bus there was somebody revving out an is 500 launch edition so i like jumped (laughs) off of the bus and pulled out my phone and rich was richard was actually revving it for someone else and i was like hey would you mind doing that one more time and he's like oh no absolutely sure and it's actually i think we posted that video on social media at the time so thank you again for that richard and then after that we got in to a conversation just about IS and RC and the future. So we're so excited to have you on and chat about the IS 500 and the LX. And I just want to say thanks again. Oh, no problem. And I do remember the conversation because as we (laughs) talked a little more deep, not just the IS, I mean, it's like, take a number, be happy to rev for you. No problem. I promise you that. (laughs) (laughs) But it was one of the few times that we had the vehicle there. Like I said, those were the two cars that we had out. Yeah. uh, The launch edition and the reveal vehicle before other vehicles started coming this coming summer for prototypes and media drives. But it came a great discussion with Michael, like I was telling him this past May was 20 years with specifically the Lexus brand. So I have seen not just my days in the contact center and my training days with our management trainees and the distribution days with our sales team and doing everything we did, like LFA was one of them, the beginning of the spindle grill. So I've seen definitely the evolution mm-hmm. of the brand, not just from the relentless pursuit of perfection, but to experience amazing today, but actually having the products, not just exterior wise, but interior wise, as we'll go into details with the LFA the uh, Lexus interface, the multimedia, the days of wonderful touchscreens and days when it wasn't touchscreen. And now we're back to touchscreen. But with our covenant, it's always been listening to both our guests and our dealers. And they've told us about the product and what's great about it. And now we're getting more advanced and better looking products than we've ever had in the past. Like you said, looking forward to going through some of these two vehicles in particular that have brought a lot of excitement for <laughs> for sure to the Lexus brand, but definitely to the media itself, as, as you can see from a lot of the reviews you've already seen out there on the IS 
PS500 in particular. Yep. Well, you must be doing a pretty good job for them to give you two cars that are coming out in the same year. <laughs> <laughs> I agree. Like I said, I've been very fortunate. Like I said, I mean, I, I give kudos to our management and those, but like I said, I definitely have a great work ethic, but a definitely just a passion for the brand. And an IS500 is a perfect example of that. So uh, it's been great. Like I said, with this vehicle, the IS last year when we introduced it was uh, redesigned. So just that being in the 300 and 350 forms, every great, the way that it looks, in particular, that rear three quarter view, that stance with the wider track and the blade tail lamp just accentuates just the way the vehicle looks, bringing the latest technology into the vehicle. It just, like I said, it's this, we can't make enough of them. I'll just tell you that for these vehicles right now. And then to take it to a step further through who say, I love the way it designed. I love the 350. That's great power. I wish it was just a little more. I, I yearn for the days of ISF and the V8s and come best past February with uh, Ryan and the PR team. We did a great reveal video. And mm-hmm. like I said, and you usually get some negative, some positive. But if I remember correctly, it was if not 90, percent, it was 99 percent positive <laughs> reviews about the vehicle. Yeah. And that was before yeah. pricing or anything. That was just you put a V8 back in an IS. Now it's like the complete sweet spot in the package of this vehicle. So since then, in the next month in March, we did the launch edition just to take it a step further further saying, hey, you really like the IS500. Yep. Hey, we have a launch edition now for you and this take it to another step with a unique color and we'll go through that as well. But our car culture, there's just a love for the V8 and Lexus has been a great since the beginning of our uh, brand with the LS with the V8. So that's uh, you actually lead in perfectly. The first question that we were going to ask you was a little bit about how the IS500 came to be like the case to create the car, because it seems right now like I know the North American team really made the case for it and wanted the car. So tell us a little bit about how that happened and what that process looked like. Like, was it enthusiast input? Was it dealer input? Both. Like, how did you guys make the case to bring the car to market? Exactly. It was a combination of both. Like I said, the ISF, of course, started the whole F brand in 2008. And it was a great addition to our lineup to show Lexus could do sports sedans with that high output engine. Mm-hmm. And then, like I said, once once we stopped making it, like I said, there's always still that yearning for it. So with our product planning team, with the support of our group vice president over there, Cooper Erickson and others, it was just amazing to continue to talk to TMC to say the dealers are still looking for it. Look at the enthusiasts, look at the cars and coffee, look at what they're looking for. And then finally brought them over, showed them the car culture itself, told them the V8 is still a big piece of um, the United States, the North American, not just Lexus car culture, but True. the whole car culture. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And then from that point forward, they kept going and just stayed committed to them. So with Sato-san and the support of everyone at TMC, they came back finally and says, all right, because of TMNA's passion for this project, we are going to do this vehicle. And as we'll talk shortly, it started all with that. Like I said, our dealers never stopped because they're all enthusiasts themselves. Andrew Gillen, our own group vice president, is a car enthusiast. Vinay is as well. All of these individuals just came together to says we're going to make this vehicle somehow, some way. And TMC, listen, and here we are today. Awesome. I love it. And I mean, I had it, I had it for three days. I think I think I texted Ryan and I, and I said, like, what would the penalty be if I didn't bring this car back? <laughs> and, um, you know, I've, back in the day, I don't know, it wasn't that long ago, but the GSF, when I drove that car, I, I said was my overall favorite car I've ever driven. And then reason I say it felt very familiar being in the IS 500 in some ways. Yep. I don't know. I'm glad. Like I said, we hear that a lot. Like I said, we've seen the the videos as well. We were at a press preview uh, back in mid-September in Arizona, myself and the PR team and our college team. And like I said, NXs were there as well and some ESs, but Mm -hmm. uh, could get in those IS 500s to take them on those (laughs) roads to show the whole Lexus driving signature. I call it more of the sweet spot for the platforms there, the V8s there. Mm -hmm. The driving dynamics is all there from the 21 model year IS. So from that point forward, you're like, 
every time I see someone come out of the car, that's a big smile on it. Yeah. I like you just said, Michael, they don't want to either give up the keys <laughs> yeah. or they just have to say, okay, when's my next time I can get back into it? So how hard was it to fit the five liter V8 into the IS platform? Can you tell us a bit about that? Yeah, I'd be happy to. Like you said, well, so one of the things that we had to do with the vehicle with our product planning team is explain to Japan about, okay, we're going to put the V8 in the, we want to put this V8 into this vehicle, but we don't want you to take away from the, how the design of the IS is itself a different type of hood or some other stuff that we don't want the look of the vehicle to go differently. So remembering the ISF and the bulge in the hood, it still worked out perfectly. We explained to them that you needed to actually have a, the cowl, like the cowl induction from the 19 late 60s muscle cars. And that was actually uh, from product planning, showing them pictures of like 69 uh, Camaros saying mm-hmm. you need this type of bulge on there and it works beautifully. So the, the hood's about two inches taller and the front fender is about two inches longer. Nothing really to the widening of the vehicle. So it fits still worthily there. But you know, from a front view, when it's lined up next to a 350, you know, it's a V8 just from the side of that bulge. So yeah. that's the, some of the biggest engineering perspective of it. Once that was in there, then we started doing a lot of different things with the Yamaha developed rear performance dampeners to keep it, of course, give me high speed stability, but also increased agility at low speeds. Of course, it comes standard with um, AVS and the Torsen Limited Slip right off the bat, just to keep this car planted. Mm-hmm. Like I said, we want that confidence when the guest is going into the turns, when they're going on their favorite route around their house or wherever they may be living. But we understand at the same time that look of the vehicle from that hood, like I said, the biz- the vehicle means business. Yeah. And then when you start it up, you hear it. Oh, yeah. You look at the exhaust in the back, you know, the whole package is right there for sure. Of course, this V has been all around me. It's been in the LCs and it's been in the RCS. But oh, yeah. like you said, it was just a couple of different engineering aspects of this. Had to make sure it all worked together to fit in the vehicle with not too much weight distribution. Like I said, mm-hmm. it's roughly still pretty balanced. But ideally, it was just to make sure to put all that 472 horses planted to the rear wheels and make sure it stays stable as it goes out the door. <laughs> uh, I can confirm it worked. <laughs> yes, <Yeah>. there you go. <laughs> so what we were talking about before a little bit with how the car came to market. So, uh, you know, F-Sport performance is a new tier of performance for Lexus. So can you tell us a bit about kind of the conversation around coming up with something in between F-Sport and F and then how the IS was the first car to bring F-Sport performance to market? Yeah, I'd be happy to. Yeah. So what we're learning from enthusiasts, from even listening to dealers as well in our own area offices, you hear a lot from the guests saying, I love a lot of these things in the particular high performance vehicles that's like our GSFs, like our RCS, but they're very much more the rides a little different because they're more track focused. So we started to understand like, well, what do you love best about it? Oh, I love the, like you just said, Michael, I love the V8 and I like the little better brakes here and there. So in conjunction with working with PPS, we started to look at like, take some of the the pieces that customers really these high um, valued pieces, if you will, and decide, okay, can we put them in a different type of package for this growing segment we call the mid-performance segment where like our competitors, like the 340i and the S4R and the one that just went away, the C43 mm-hmm. and determine like, maybe we have a better opportunity for a price point that's a little more reasonable for guests who want the power, a little better brakes, but don't need to have it as an everyday track vehicle. Or I'm not going to take it to the track. I'm going to use it for an everyday drive. And this is where this whole F-Sport performance came into play. So we have today's F-Sport that you've seen on many of our vehicles that launched on the IS back in 2011 as a factory package. Mm -hmm. And then it's been going on since RX and NX and ES and every vehicle just in our lineup can just have one, of course. But the idea was if we're going to go F-Sport performance, it means you already have all the AVS and the suspension components, but now you're getting a higher output powertrain, in this case, the V8 for the IS 500. And with that, then you want to, of course, maybe uh, increase in a certain type of brakes, not full-blown 
own Brembro ceramic brakes or other brakes that we offer, but maybe just in this case, IS500 one inch bigger brakes just for better stopping power. And in this case, we actually have a better looking uh, quad exhaust in the back with the better uh, redesigned diffuser. So those are some of the ones that didn't go into too many of uh, like body enhancements that you would mm-hmm. have to do, but there are definitely some enhanced brake cooling in there. So definitely want to make sure those brakes that we do put on there keep it cool. So that's the idea behind the F-Sport performance in our F, uh, pyramid that we showed at SEMA. The idea is that you have F-Sport design for those who just look for today's exterior elements. I love the wheels. I love the bumper. I love this the look of on the outside. I was going to say, it's hard for me to imagine the outside of the car looking any better than it already does. Like, yeah. So those are those. So I just want that piece. Yes. And then there are those who want to go to the handling where I like, okay, same exterior components, but now we're going to get a little more interior components with a different type of the F-Sport seats. But we're also going to do the mechanicals like ABS and like limited slip and then take it to the next step here to say, okay, now you want performance. We're going to build upon that. And we have a powertrain that's much higher output, whatever the respective horsepower is, and then a couple other elements of it. So it's a building block, if you will. And then, like I said, this is the first of more vehicles to come, like I said, but the F- this to bring the awareness to the F-Sport performance. I agree that sometimes it sounds like a mouthful, but <laughs> it's definitely worth it because like you said, it is the IS500 F-Sport performance. So Rich, I kind of touched on it really quickly before, but the best car like I've ever driven is the GSF. Like I mentioned, it didn't take long for me to get in the IS500 and feel the connection there. So, you know, I think when a lot of people heard that there was going to be a V8 under the hood of the IS, naturally you kind of go to horsepower and it's going to be a monster. But what really struck me is how overall balanced the car was like it's it is extremely fast but it's a really great car to drive otherwise as well so tell us a little bit about the team's performance goals in creating the is 500 you've got the same uh feedback that we've heard from other media as well as team members here on campus as well about when they drive the vehicle it's one of the most balanced vehicles that they've ever driven and that just goes all the way back to particularly the the 21 model you're uh, IS where the Lexus driving signature. Like I said, this was the first time that we really put it out there about, hey, this vehicle was tested at the Shimuyama test track in Japan. And with this, it's like that seamless connection between the driver and the vehicle. Like I said, there's a lot of power and there's a lot of things that go with it. But your first inclinations when you're in it, you're like, whoa, I c- it's so balanced. It's so refined. And I know Lexus vehicles have been like that, but this is a new level of it. And that just speaks volumes to that Lexus driving signature to make sure that we want to make sure it's an everyday driver. It's fun to have track vehicles. I'm not discounting them at all, but we've learned that I want to be able to drive this to work. I want to be able to take it on my favorite road. And like you said, to have that responsiveness, have that throttle and the braking and all that exceptional handling and grip. And most importantly, as you just said, Michael, it's that confidence in driving that, you know, there's a lot of power, but you know, it's going to stop. You know, it's going to be planted in the respective turns or the curves and the different Mm -hmm. elevations. And that's where this vehicle really brings to the forefront on this. Like I said, it is a halo vehicle of the IS lineup. The DNA of the Lexus driving signature is just key for it. So when you see the videos on our website or you've seen the videos when we enter, it's it's just a fantastic thing. But the Lexus driving center is the key of why this vehicle is so refined and so balanced. And the, what we wanted to make sure that when a customer gets in it, yes, it's a new level from the 350 models, but at the same time, you can still drive it as an everyday driver. I think that you guys really nailed it. Uh, oh, thank job you very well much. done. <laughs> yeah. Well, thank you very much. <laughs> yeah. It's a great, I mean, I, I will give you my little tidbit and I think I told Ryan this. So I had the pleasure of being the first for the IS500 to do one thing. Everybody has their little first. So when it came to campus, I only had a few miles on it, the launch edition. Yeah. I was the first one to take it ever through a drive-thru. That was my claim to fame with the uh. IS500. <laughs> and when it sits in the drive-thru, it was a Chick-fil-A. It just sits and drive in Sport S Plus and it just sits there. And as you know, Michael, it just rumbles. 
it, it just does. sits yeah. there and as you just slowly just place your order make sure and it just yeah so there there is my claim to fame <laughs> in my 20 years of with this i can tell you my is 500 experiences i took it's, it for the first time through a drive-through <laughs> it's so funny you say that i told kevin this last time when we first talked about it because i wasn't able to write about it obviously but uh-huh. so when the drive shop team came to drop off the is 500 at my house we had agreed that it would be dropped off that day but we hadn't exactly firmed up a time and so i was kind of usually they'll text you and be like does this time work but i hadn't heard anything yeah. so i was sitting in here in my office and it was very quiet and i did like i wasn't in any meetings or anything and i was sitting here and all of a sudden i just started to hear like it's <laughs> <laughs> like yep. i think the is 500 is here and i walked outside and sure enough there it was yes it sounds good coming out of a garage it sounds good coming into the garage it sounds great in the tunnel it sounds, it sounds good everywhere yes yes so one of the most shocking things about the car to me, and I think to a lot of other people, honestly, was the pricing. And I know that before any car comes out, everybody likes to speculate about what it's going to cost and things like that. I mean, we do it all the time. But when the final pricing was announced, I mean, we were really shocked. Yeah. And I say that again, having driven the car before, I felt like I felt like I would have paid a lot more for it than it costs. <laughs> Don't so tell, them so that. tell us a little bit of right <laughs> how the pricing was determined and then, you know, kind of how like the two grade differences and things like that. Oh, yeah. Be happy to. So one of the things that we discussed internally was, OK, as we just spoke about the, the vehicle itself is the sweet spot with that. How about an opportunity based off the competitive set? What they price at like, let's bring in a possibility of doing some type of sweet spot with the pricing. So we looked at different ways. And since there's such few options on the vehicle, we work with our LFS partners uh, behind the scenes to say about residuals and some other factors, work with TMC about the best pricing for uh, making certain options that are very popular with guests and dealers on these vehicles to determine, hey, here's a great way we can offer this type of grade with a great competitive lease payment. At the same time that we can also offer the um, IS500 premium with additional content. And they they get, if you will, two different flavors. The launch edition, of Mm -hmm. course, is the launch edition, but it brings us back to for 56,500, you're right. getting all the mechanical pieces. You're getting the V8, you're getting the, the exhaust, you're getting everything we talked about. And it comes with the options we determine with the standard moonroof and park assist on the vehicle, like I said, as well as the, the new for 22 for both the IS series and the 500, the memory package, so the seats and the power steering column. And then we determine, okay, this is a great opportunity for those who just want the car and the performance and the power that already have their uh, phone for the car player, the Android Auto, so they're not really into the navigation as much. And then we said, Here's another opportunity to say, how about we offer, of course, the second part and go minimize and reduce complexity and says, all right, we have the uh, standard IS500 and now we'll have the IS500 premium, those same options. And now we just offer uh, standardized the panel view monitor, the navigation, um, Mark Levinson, the triple beans, which are very, very popular. And then oh, yeah. for 22 is the uh, power sunshade. And for $61,000, it's not that big of a jump <laughs> per se, No, it's but not. we wanted to make sure that there were two different vehicles for both those who are just wanting to jump from a 350 into the 500, those looking at maybe to do a couple conquest opportunities, a couple of GSF possible, we'll call them GSF, former ISF orphans that are like, hey, I'm glad we have this opportunity <laughs> to get back in this type of vehicle. And then the launch edition is a 500 units themselves. But that in itself, like I said, is a different a type of spec. And like I said, yeah. let's keep it as simple with the colors. All the colors that are available are, tra- are available on the 500. Same with the interior new luck. So it's just one of those things. But I agree. We Once we found out that finalized pricing, <laughs> it was just, it's just how do you optimize our halo 
single vehicle and here it is. Anything that can start with the five in this type of competitive segment is a great right. story itself here. With this type of package, like I said, we believe this is some great pricing. The dealers were excited when we announced it to them. Now it's just like they get their hands on enough of them right now yeah. as, as production is starting up. So yeah, that's <laughs> so what that is. Too. So that is exactly it. Not just that the launch editions are sold out, but just the regular 500s, both grades. So mm-hmm. like I said, you're going to get the biggest bang for your buck, if you will. I agree. I'm with you. Kevin and I touched on this, but like the product is great. It looks great. The performance is there. Like having the story of being the naturally aspirated V8 in that segment combined with pricing. It's I just, the car is just such a home run. I'm so happy for yes. you guys and happy for the brand and really happy for the people who are going to be able to get one. So, um, <laughs> yes, I agree. And we will, like I said, I know there'll be a big waiting list, but the dealers are anxious for sure. Yeah. But just pick the color is what we're trying to help people. Right. With. Pick your exterior, <laughs> interior color. And then, then yep. and honestly, you've seen the IS and IS 500. All of, there really is not a there's not a bad color in the palette. There really so is true. not. Like I said, Grecian water cloudburst gray infrared yeah. any which way you want to go there any color accentuates all the angles of the vehicle it just you, you can't go wrong with any color you will get takers at uh you will get questions at the gas station or wherever you stop. i agree <laughs> i i feel like i told richard this i think i would like to get one honestly like i know that i just bought a new house so i need to let the dust settle but my goal is to get one before they're gone and uh as it stands right now i'm trying to debate between infrared and atomic silver the problem is that my gx is atomic silver so i don't know if i match or if i want something different so <laughs> You got to go Maybe Grecian the water can be different. Yeah. Grecian I mean, that water color is fantastic. Is, there's, there's no bad choices. There's no bad choices. Yeah. I don't know which one did you have, Michael, that you test drove for three days? I which had the cloudburst one with the uh, circuit oh, red interior. That's Ryan and mine's favorite. Oh, yeah. I love this. <laughs> it just, it just is amazing. That color. I had, I had this funny experience now though, where I know that there were like what two or three of them, I think that were in the media rotation. So when I see that car, like I think if I'm not mistaken, I think Matt Farah drove it. And then I think the Topher had it for a couple of, like POV drive videos. Like when I see it on video, I'm like, that's my car. Like you guys are. <laughs> yes. You, you, so, you, you take ownership um, of it back. It seriously feels that way. I swear oh, it seriously man. feels that way. So I feel that way with the launch edition. I'm like, hey, why is it at the pop up store? Or it's at yeah. Alexis Club days, which is fine. I want to but it's always like, there's only one of those in the country right now. So you know where it's at. You're like, right. hey, our VPs are driving it. You're like, all right, it's back. Or it's going to be at the right. uh, Alexis Racing this weekend. And for the last race of the year, I'll be there with the static mm-hmm. display show casing it but that's a great opportunity to show like hey s4 performance lexus racing we have the connection it's all of that great stuff there for sure yeah cool anything else we should know about on the is 500 before we move on to the lx any fun facts you want to drop on us i think one of the things we spoke earlier is just i mean it's just an overall like great vehicle like i said the chief mm-hmm. engineer kobayashi shan is just fantastic it's just a great collaboration from product planning tmc lexus division itself our area offices it's just and it's great to see the finally a product that came from just being an idea on a paper and doing everything we can to let TMC know, like, no, there's this opportunity here. This is what a market's craving for. Like I said, we love our hybrids. We love our like all the electrification of our vehicles, all these things that we're going to be doing here. But there is just an opportunity that there's a still a niche in the Lexus vehicle lineup for V8s. They'll be soon at the dealerships before you know it and just get an opportunity. See them at our driving schools next year. There's they're going to be everywhere. So we want to make sure that you can get behind the wheel of this thing, because once you do, I agree, you've heard you've heard Top Gun and need for speed you've heard all of that stuff but it is definitely one of those ones that you will have a great smile on your face once you start it up and you'll never want to get out of the vehicle and when you do you want to go get your own like you just said michael yep for those listening i just couldn't agree with richard more if you have the chance to drive the car please please do it you will not be disappointed it is 
one it will go down in history as one of the great Lexus products. There's no doubt about it. So amazing. I couldn't Thank think of a better note to end the IS 500 discussion on. So, yeah. <laughs> Shall we transition yes. over to your next baby? We are more than welcome. Yes, this is a big baby. This is not a little baby. Unfortunately, <laughs> this, this is, one is a, <laughs> yeah. the biggest. Yeah, this, but, this, uh, <laughs> and we'll go into it. that being said, it has gone on a diet for sure. It has. Gotten, yeah. it has lost a lot of poundage. Nice. <laughs> yeah. so, a lot of LBs were taken out of this vehicle and it and it shows and it drives away like it should. So, yeah, this podcast in, in so many ways is actually like perfect. Like this is probably this is probably my favorite podcast of the year because everybody knows I love V8s. So we get that in the IS 500. <laughs> My favorite all-time vehicle is the Land Cruiser and the LX. Uh, that's why I own a GX is because it's the most attainable version of the Land Cruiser for me, so to speak. So an mm-hmm. all-new LX is a really big deal. And we've been following it really closely. You know, 13 years has gone by since we had the last all-new LX. And it's crazy because the market has changed a lot in that time. The competition is different. We're now, for years and years, it was always that the LS kind of set the tone for the rest of the lineup. And I, you know, I'm curious if now that we're in a world where SUVs rule, if the LX is really kind of like the crown jewel in the lineup, or, you know, if everyone has their respective place, like the LC, the LS, the LX. But tell us a little, just a little bit about the development process over that time and then the transition over to TNGA. Yeah, I'd be happy to. And you and you hit the uh, nail on the head earlier. Like you said, we have three, they're all considered uh, our flagship. So we have our LX, then we have our LS and LC. And like I said, it's just respective taste for what the particular guest is looking for. But with the LX, it was definitely many years between the FMC of then and the FMC of now, or what we call full model changes, for sure. And yep. like I said, it just took, we would love, of course, to have it brought it to the market much faster. But based off just the way the market is and a lot of different resources coming into play, it worked in conjunction with, to a point with the platform for the development with the new Tundra. And mm-hmm. with that became the new engine and the 10-speed transmission that comes with it. So there's a lot of different things with this platform that had to make sure that this is the prestige SUV in the lineup here. So we wanted to make sure that we're doing everything right here. So this was just a perfect opportunity from different offerings that other people are doing with their SUVs like uh, Range Rover and Escalade last year. This is a perfect time to bring in the new LX, Mm -hmm. like I said, with this platform. It's still the evolution with the Lexus design language. Like I said, we wanted to make sure it still had that presence, that stance, that if you will, that curb appeal, whether it's someone at a picking up their kids at school, or if you just walk out of a restaurant and you see it with other vehicles at a valet, you just wanted to make sure that it is a recognizable, not just as a Lexus, but as a prestige SUV in that whole market itself. So I think we did a pretty good job. Like I said, oh, I agree. if, if I may say <laughs> myself, but like I said, we've had our chief engineer who had a lot of master craftsmen and Takumis go through the vehicle on road, off road, just to make sure like everything is so new on the vehicle that it's just amazing. Like we'll go into details about the five grades and expanding mm-hmm. the consumer base. But like you said, the bringing awareness is the biggest key for the vehicle, just to bring it back. 13, 14 years is a long time to be not having news. And we've had minor changes throughout the, the life cycle of the vehicle by all means, but you needed to be up there with the others to keep that segment awareness. And like I said, with this one, we are definitely going to be full throttle with it all. Yeah. I follow Toyota and Lexus body on frame product pretty closely before my mm-hmm. GX. I had two forerunners. I think my family's actually had more forerunners than anything. So I think that with body on frame, sometimes the formula can be so tried and true that it doesn't have to change as much as some unibody products. But when it does, it's a really full scale change, like what we just got with the new TNGAF platform under the Land Cruiser and the Tundra and the LX. So uh, when you get the change, the weight was worth it, I feel like. So tell us a little (laughs) bit about the platform specifically and some of the things like some of the highlights and the things that you guys are most proud of. Yeah. So like I said, with the new platform, like definitely a 
of course, has some of the Tundra traits in it as well, as well as the new Land Cruiser around the mm-hmm. world. It just brings excellent cabin rigidity and just refinement overall. Like you just feel like the way you're driving it, it too was on the Lexus driving signature and the Shimuyama test track. So it definitely has all of those uh, refinements that you're accustomed to for being the uh, Lexus vehicle. But the big story for me is that we just talked about it was the 440 pounds lighter mm-hmm. in the aluminum panels and the high strength steel that they use from the hood and the roof and the doors and the rear hatch. And once you drive this vehicle in the next couple of months here, once we get them out there to the media drives, the biggest change that I recognize when I drove it is not just that it has the twin turbo V6 doing 409 horses, 479 pounds of torque. It was just that all that torque is there. And when you went, it just felt still so light. It didn't feel very heavy at mm-hmm. all. It just felt more nimble, which is unique to say about it's such a big SUV, but amount of uh, drive mode select settings that we have on this vehicle. There's one for every taste, of course, but that was the biggest thing with the platform. The off-road heritage has never changed. It's still robust and it's still balanced, but there's so much more on-road handling ability and characteristics. Like I said, that's the biggest change is that. I can't wait. <laughs> An- another question that we had was was looking at both the Land Cruiser and the LX, to me, this feels like the most differentiated that they've ever been. We know that they're still, you know, somewhat related in some very important ways. But tell us a little bit about the LX buyer specifically and how the 22 LX diverted from the Land Cruiser specifically for that customer. Yeah, exactly. Like while underneath, they may be sharing the same platform and we have the engine and transmission, of course. But when it takes it from that storm, it's the exterior styling is different. But it's also because we're looking at the particular target customers. Like I said, we have our Gen X's couples who are in their 40s and 50s with their families. It could be also those who are empty nesters at the same time. But internally, we call them like more like modern looks lifers where it's about success and power and prestige. And that luxury is about like exclusivity. It's about what's their premium and like the type of brands, whether it's their clothing or their watch or wherever they may be staying with like type of resorts. And this is what we're looking at, like status matters for this type of prestige SUV customer, whether it's us or the other competitive set that we'll talk about shortly. It's that type of customer we're looking at there. Now you understand the image. They have these high expectations and Lexus already has been there for the materials and the refinement, what we've known for the past 30 years and our JD powers and our wins. But next we need to show, hey, this SUV, this one means business. We want to showcase that you should be in this vehicle, you should be driving it. You should be giving the keys to mm-hmm. the valet. All these different factors come into play here. And like I said, we understand there's a market for a type of Land Cruiser around the world. We're looking at the opportunity here, like so the Land Cruiser orphans, we'll call them, who are looking to get into <laughs> our vehicle saying, hey, there's not one available for the US, but there's a vehicle that you have with the LX. It still has a, the off-road heritage and a couple of other factors. So there's a different ones. There may be even possibly some move-ups that we yeah. look at as well from maybe it's today's Chevy Tahoe or Denali from GMC or the navigator says, hey, I want to get into this actual prestigious luxury brand itself. I hear good mm-hmm. things about Lexus. That vehicle caught my eye, whether it's the one of the grades or the F-Sport grade or there's some, maybe like it's the SEMA show caught their attention. Hey, I didn't even think about right. Lexus for a while, but now the awareness is going to be out there. So we go from that point forward. But definitely, like I said, those are our target customers is that money is not the object. That's not the point. It's the point of like, where do I want to spend my money? And in this case, we have the LX600 ready for them to differentiate them from any of the Toyota products they may have been used to but at the same time maybe some conquest opportunities as well i love that point specifically because thinking about how much the market has changed over 13 years if i think what it was like the last time that we had an lx 
Um, and of course, I know that pricing is not out yet, so you know this may change. But you know, it used to be that buying a Tahoe or a Denali or a Navigator was like you know a fifty to fifty-five thousand dollar thing. Now all of those vehicles push up into the like seventy to eighty thousand, sometimes even plus range, even from brands like Chevrolet and GMC and Ford. So I think it's exciting to see how the appeal of the LX could expand in the future. No, exactly right, and that's one of the things that we looked at. Is today's generation you have two grades you have take you have a three row and you have a two row and you have the luxury package and there's really just a small price bubble if you will between those mm-hmm. two but we do know there's an appetite for bigger uh, opportunities like the ultra luxury grade the, for those autobiography customers like on the range rover side but at yep. the same time <laughs> We've learned from when we launched, uh, helped develop the Inspiration Series, the first one and the one that's currently that was on sale for this model year, that there's not really a price issue. Like, no, you give me the content I'm looking for, that look, in this case, the all black, everything else yeah. that goes with that look. The, the dealer said, we can't keep those in stock. Even we limited it. Like I said, we only made 500 of them, but it was the idea that, no, if you put a product out there with the right packaging and the right look, it'll definitely sell. And the dealers, just like I said, it's that type of feedback. So now we're going to expand it to five grades. The opportunity is just uh, overwhelming for these dealers and guests to say, okay, we have our standard one that gives us everything we're looking for, for heritage that you're used to on an LX and then premium. And then we have a first time ever F-Sport. Then we have the luxury grade. And then, of course, for the first time ever offering the VIP four-seater ultra luxury grade. So there's everyone for anyone who's coming back from the Lexus, like <laughs> a returning lease customer, like, oh, my gosh, there's five of them now. <laughs> Wait, Something what happened? For Those are we're trying to Yeah. So once we get them into the like at the L.A. Auto Show uh, later this month, there'll be some there. So yeah. these are the opportunities to do it. But like I said, that's the idea behind all of that is just so we want to make sure that we can appeal and bring awareness and purchase consideration. All the different factors that we need to make sure that we have a proper price point for these five different grades that are someone who just like you talked about first time luxury buyers Mm -hmm. returning loyalists move ups whatever it may be but yep so it's actually that works perfectly speaking of grades because one question i had was that lexus japan has an off-road model i think with three lockers like smaller wheels and Mm -hmm. things like that so with the land cruiser now gone from this market in north america do you think that a model like that could be successful here yes yes the the simple answer yes but (laughs) we are definitely looking at it because we've done and we can't go through all our options at the moment but understand that we're fully aware that the lx that's going to go on sale still has all of that off-road heritage remains you still get the crawl control center locking differentials uh the multi-terrain select with the five modes what's crazy about it is what i learned when we were doing the product preview is that this lx has what they call and um, i think it was in the press release they still call it the golden ratio yes. meaning it's the yeah. same wheelbase from the 1995 96 lx that since that changed we've definitely huh. grown overall overhangs and interior space and that but that same golden ratio remains for that yep. perfect approach angle departure angle perfect off-road capability for the vehicle so that still remains so we want to make sure that those who are buying today's this new lx understands that while there is no land cruiser that off-road heritage and those elements you're accustomed to do exist. So that's why we talked about those Land Cruiser orphans who are looking to move up. But at the same time, we were just, uh, Marcel's and product planning, we're at like the Overland Expeditions in Arizona, this one, to see that previous generation GXs and LXs out there, that there is definitely that overlanding, overlanding community out there about, hey, I have a 2014 GX or maybe a 2009 GX 470, and I do this to the bumpers and I've done this and all this. So we understand and we know looking at it that there's that off-road community to understand 
understands the heritage of both the GX and the LX and the Land Cruiser. So we work with product planning to understand that, hey, they're going to do this in Japan. We're going to get some feedback. I don't doubt once we start selling the vehicle about these opportunities about, hey, what do we think about doing some of this stuff for our market? Because we know how much off-roading and overlanding is such a big mm-hmm. part of certain communities here. So definitely, like I said, we want to definitely showcase that this vehicle can go anywhere it wants for sure. Like I said, sold in about 50 plus countries around the world. So we know it's capable, but in our market, we want to definitely take it to a new level here to say we got all the luxury amenities for sure, but we don't want to miss out on the off-road heritage and continue to send that message. Awesome. So I know you hit on it before when we were chatting about comparison with like Range Rover and the Escalade. Again, I know we keep going back to it, but the segment has changed so much in the last decade and a half. Can you tell us who are who are the primary competitors for the new LX? Yeah. So the uh, like I said, in this prestige uh, SUV luxury segment, you have Escalade has just mm-hmm. been the leader. I mean, that's been around for a great time. And like I said, it's been a fantastic vehicle for Cadillac for sure. But like I said, we're also looking at a lot of other ones as well, like the, the Range Rover itself. Of course, mm-hmm. you have the um, the Navigator as well as here the QX80. Yes, there's another oh, yeah. one that we look at. And of course, like the X7 from BMW that just a couple of years old, the GLS as well. So those are the bigger one, the competitive set itself. Like, But we understand that that's the main competitive set. As we spoke about earlier, we look at those move ups from Tahoe and Denali's and Expeditions right. and maybe even some GXs that are say, hey, the luxury grade is great, but I'm looking for maybe a little more uh, on this vehicle. Like I said, the idea with it is just to bring that much awareness and consistency consideration, trying to go after these target customers. All right, what is going to set us apart from this other competitive? Like I said, when we do our clinic activities, is it the look? Is it the multimedia? Is it the size of the wheels? Whatever it could be, like you said, until you get that feedback in these clinics and get it from dealers, then you make the determination like, okay, how are we going to do our marketing activities to make sure we go after that? That's awesome. I love it. So that brings us, you know, pretty much to the end of it. I got to say, as soon as they're available and they show up in the media fleet, I cannot wait to get my hands on one and drive one. Just again, having a GX now, loving the Land Cruiser and loving the LX the way I have over the years. I'm really excited. And chatting with you about it has honestly made me even more excited. <laughs> so, <laughs> I'm glad. So Exactly. Yeah. Any uh, similar to the IS, any last specific detail or anything you want to share with us before we wrap up? I mean, there's so many changes to the vehicle. I mean, it's from top to bottom. Like, so, you know, it's still an LX by all means, but from the platform and everything we talked about. But I think this is one of the things I've been excited for and the dealers have really been excited about is that we understand there's some limitation with today's uh, vehicle to a point. And one of the big changes, of course, is the third row is power fold flat. It is mm. no longer mm. the, the seats go to the side. The other big one nice. is that the Lexus interface, the multimedia system, it's been massive kudos for the NX as the first vehicle starting all of this. And now we're bringing it to the LX as well. It's just going to be fantastic to do that with the different screens, 22 inch wheels, the F sport grade. Like I said, some will gravitate towards the S because they like that type of grill versus the other standard grill. But those are some of the big key points. Like I said, I could take, keep talking in it more and more, <laughs> but like I said, we understand that we just want to make sure that we want to reestablish to make sure LX is at that pinnacle SUV that when you see the Lexus lineup, you're like, that's the SUV uh, flagship over there. And like I said, the five grades are going to be amazing. I believe this is a heads up. I think later this week or maybe maybe it's next week. They'll do actually, uh, I believe on dot com. They'll start doing the pre-order guide. Like things are subject to change. But at least you get a better idea about the specific specs within the respective grades and the color options and the, and the wheels and what have you on that. You'll start awesome. to at least see some of that and you can get the idea of that. So the idea is production begins this December and then ideally sometime sometime early January, February, we'll start getting the vehicles. Like I said, being with the brand 
fan as long as I've been. This is definitely one of the best times to be with Lexus itself. And just we got great stuff coming for sure. Like, so I just feel, look forward to speaking to you guys some more about a lot of the stuff we have coming too as well. Absolutely. But be happy to talk anytime about IS or LX. Well, thank you so, yeah, so really much, uh, you know, getting to chat with someone like you about these products and the oh, story and how they came to market. It's it's awesome. So thank you for making the time. We will chat with you again soon. 